Blog Talk Radio. Urban Jungle Radio, Urban Jungle Radio. Urban Jungle Radio, Urban Jungle Radio. It's the world famous Urban Jungle Radio. With your host, Danny Mendez and Andy V. Urban Jungle Radio, Urban Jungle Radio. 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 Jungle junkies and new listeners worldwide. It's time for the world famous Urban Jungles Radio. The Urban Jungles Radio Show. With your host, Danny Mendez, the Beastmaster, and Andy V. Prepare to enter a new stream of consciousness, higher level of awareness, and an overabundance of awesomeness. Streaming live at the speed of light from the worldwide interwebs. Straight to your brain's core. It's the world famous Urban Jungles Radio. Yes, yes, it is. Do not mistake it for anybody else. 
anywhere else, even in a galaxy far, far away from which Andy comes to us this evening. Andy, how are you? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you? What's good, man? I still haven't recovered from friggin' Star Wars last night. That was uh, pretty astounding. I, I love it more, I think, as time goes on and it settles and it sinks into my my Star Wars receptors in my brain. Yeah, you think so? I um, yeah, I was doing a lot of a lot of reflecting on it today, and uh, now that you know we, we've seen it, I started doing some uh, some some research, uh, you know, some backstories and, and some quick questions that I needed to have answered immediately. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely loving this one. Um, I think I'm going to put this one over Jedi. And really? I love Jedi, honestly. I loved Jedi because wow. you know, it just even I, I even love the the uh, the the, the Ewoks in, in, in Jedi. And, you know, a lot of people weren't fans of them because they were, you know, just little teddy bears. But um, uh, I, re- I really dug it. I really dug that one. So I, I'm going to definitely put this one above Jedi as far as I'm concerned. All right. A bold, bold yeah. move. But hey. I know. I know. I know. It, it, it's I a really bold you. statement considering, you know, I, I it's only been out, you know, for, for us, with, you know, 24 hours and, I'm going to be seeing it again tomorrow, and, you know, if, if if my attitude changes, I'll definitely let you know, but where it stands right now, man, I'm definitely going to put it above Jedi. All right, man. I, I, I'm not judging. I'm not faulting. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. Faulting. What's faulting? <laughs> well, <laughs> obviously, uh, you can hear by our intro song this evening that I was still inspired by Star Wars, and I want to thank the man himself, Van Ludwin, uh, Steve Ludwin, to be exact, over in London, who... Um, let us use his Star Wars Time song, which I freaking love. I listen to that song like every damn day, and so do my kids. And it's so funny because it's got like all these like politically charged lines in it, and my kids are like on it and singing them along, and it's pretty funny. But um, yeah, good stuff. So thanks, Steve Ludwin, um, for letting us use. Yeah, thank you, that, Steve. That's, that's a really, really cool song. Yeah. Do check out the video if you get a chance. It's on YouTube and uh, on Vivo, I think, as well. You can. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, look up Steve Ludwin's channel on YouTube, and you can find it there, I'm sure. And it's great. It's uh, it's pretty, actually, fan-friggin-tastic, the video for that song. So I do recommend that you check it out because it will be worth your time, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. And um, I don't know, Steve has a very distinct flavor that I just really enjoy. So <laughs> not for everybody, but... Um, yeah, and, and it's it's not safe for work. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, this evening, uh, we are joined by author Elaine Powers, who writes children's books, um, and one in particular, which which features a hero from her series, um, which is a personal favorite of mine. His name is Curtis, Curtis the Curly Tail, and uh, we'll meet Curtis and mourn just a little bit when Elaine stops by. And um, then Andy, I thought, you know, I, didn't, I, I feel really horrible because um, this this whole entire freaking last half of the year really got away from me in particular um and i meant to do more including having a full-on jungle bells episode like we traditionally do um unfortunately we're not going to have any time to do that i don't know if i'm going to do it on christmas i don't know maybe i'll get creative and i'll put something together like um and give you guys an uploaded podcast to listen to but um i don't think i'm gonna have time this year sadly and so that being said, um, this is going to be our last episode of the year, Andy. And uh, yeah, yeah. But we have we we can expect some pretty spectacular things to come up for for next year for 2016. So it's it's you know one door closing, another opening type deal. If you're into all that voodoo, and um, we are uh, so we are signing off with this episode. And so I thought for the end of the episode, we would kick back with some holiday themed music. Um, by a very special artist that I am really kind of obsessed with. And I know Andy is to an extent, but will be more so when we go see his ass live in a couple of weeks. And I'm talking about Puddle's Pity Party, the ginormous yep. seven-foot clown um, who has awesome enough a holiday record out. So he's going to serenade us in between reminiscing on some of the more fantastic moments in our year, Andy, and um, I thought I'd share some of 
my thoughts on really cool episodes that we had during the course of the year. And I'm going to let you, our Jungle Junkies, call in if you want you and, and, and reflect as well. So God knows who, what we're going to get. But um, yeah, I'll open up the phone lines and we'll just chill out, listen to some music and uh, sign off for the end of the year. And then we'll come back bigger, better, harder, faster, stronger for 2016. So prepare yourselves. Be prepared. Be prepared, Andy. Be very prepared. <laughs> All right, let's get going, shall we? Yep, let's do this. This is Anna Locke from the Human Centipede 2, and you're listening to Urban Jungle Radio. Join Danny Mendez live every Friday night at 10 p.m. in his quest to bring you the very best in cold-blooded entertainment. From special guest appearances to deeper debate. All right, tonight's guest is a spectacular author, and um, I guess I don't want to say more importantly, but quite important for us, she's a major lizard lover. Um, the protagonist of a few of her titles is a Bahamian curly tail lizard by the name of Curtis, and he's kind of awesome, actually. Um, I, I've had the the privilege of checking out Elaine's book and uh, reading one in particular with my kids, and they really dug it, and they dug Curtis, and it came in a really cool time, and I'll explain more about that as we speak to Elaine, but please help us welcome the author and Lizard aficionado, <laughs> Elaine Powers. <laughs> Elaine, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you for Hi, having Elaine. me. Thank hey, you so Elaine. Much. Hi. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I know we were scheduled to have you on a while ago, and that was when we put too much faith in our blog talk service um, server yep. here um, and just could not log on and got blocked out of the system. It was a disaster, and my apologies to you, but it's been long overdue that you are here on the show because I'm a huge fan of your book, um, books, but I, I in particular love the one that I read about Curtis um, stowing away on a cruise ship. So I wanted to talk to you about this series of books because, of course, A, it's reptile-themed, and B, they're awesome, and you have some really obscure references, which I absolutely love in some of your books. So for those of our guests, out there who don't know or aren't familiar with the titles. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your books and, and what it is that got you to write about these subjects in particular? Okay. Um, well, I started out by writing scripts for radio theater, and I ran an iguana rescue. And so a lot of my scripts involved iguanas, um, including some iguana talk show hosts. But then I went on a natural history cruise to the Exumas in the Bahamas, and I spent an afternoon with a curly tail who told me his name was Curtis. And he inspired the story, uh, Curtis Curly Tail and the Ship of Sneakers. So I went back on board ship, and I wrote as fast as I could, and I wrote the story out. Well, of course, everybody on board ship was fascinated by you know what it was I was writing. And so then I had to uh, share my laptop, and they all said, well, you should publish this. Well, okay, and I got a friend, uh, Artwin Stanley, to do the illustrations, and I published it, you know, just thinking it would make a cute little book for friends. But then the kids that read it really enjoyed it, and they asked me, well, when's the next Curtis Curly Tail adventure coming out? Well, I had never intended to write another Curtis story, but I realized that this was a way of getting information about uh, scientific issues and scientific knowledge out to kids in a fun and entertaining way. So the uh, next two Curtis Curly Tales are about to come out. Uh, the next one is Curtis Curly Tale, Here's a Hootia. And it's the story of they moved the endangered Bahamian Hootia to Wardwick Wells to establish a new colony. And now the Hootia are damaging the ecosystem. So what do you do when you have a critically endangered animal damaging a protected ecosystem, and how do you solve that problem? And this is actually an issue in the Bahamas right now. Nice. And then the third book will deal with the poaching issue that they have in the Bahamas and, and you know, around the world as well. 
and that will be Curtis Curly Tail is lizard napped. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love the titles and the topics. They're fantastic. Now I have to tell you that I, I had gotten your book, um, and it came at the perfect time because I had read your book to the kids, and and my kids absolutely loved it. And um, maybe about a week later, we went on a vacation, and um, it was over in the Treasure Coast in Florida. And sure enough, we ran into uh, a few Bahamian curly tails, and they were just floored. They were like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" You know, and and they just related it all back to the book, you know. And so we ended up catching a few to look at, and uh, unfortunately, one of them did drop its tail, and it was a a lesson. Yeah, it was a lesson in in that for sure. And they got to kind of play with the tail, which is much to the horror of the um, the like older women waiting for a table at the restaurant that we were chilling out at. So anyway, I digress, but, but. but yeah, it, I love the topic, and um, and the other ones sound great. I mean, how freaking obscure, uh, Hootie, I love it. I, I, it's like, that's so great. I, I'm totally obsessed with Caribbean animals and endemic animals for little insular populations, and, and oh, man, that's so great. Just please, in the future, if you can, do something with Selenodon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I do owe the iguanas some stories as well. The iguanas are fantastic, yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about that. You seem to be very involved with iguanas as a whole. I noticed that you were involved with, you said earlier, you were involved with the rescue, and um, you've taken these trips or you've been inspired by them. I mean, is it is it just iguanas or is it lizards in general that kind of hold your fascination? Well, I, I like all reptiles, and I like the larger lizards, although the, the little lizards are okay as well. Um, but I, I just find because I would have iguanas all through my house when I had the rescue. They were just an endless source of ideas for storylines and, and different um, plot lines that I could come up with. They were great inspirations. But uh, unfortunately, the, the curly tail got the story out first. <laughs> and, and I should mention that the Cayman Islands were jealous that the Bahama curly tail had a story. So I'm actually writing a curly tail story for Cayman Brack as well. Oh, nice, nice. And that'll be the Lime Lizard Lads. I think you could probably, between you and me, Elaine, squeeze a vacation out of that or something somewhere. I don't know. Talk to the tourist board about that or something. <laughs> well, well, you know, you, you have to do research. and You, know, exactly. so you have to go to these islands to, to get the uh, locations correctly identified and described. I could not agree with you more. It's all vital and important information that you should research and and I think should be provided by the Board of Tourism for Cayman Islands if you're listening. So anyway, I digress. Well, actually, the the Bahamas National Trust has been very interested in these books and they've asked me to write a few more uh, for the Bahama Islands. Um, One, of course, about the seven kinds of iguanas they have but then they also have the levee preserve, so next year I'm going to have to spend a week in the levee preserve on Eleuthera, uh, trying to come up with a children's book for that as well. No, that's really great because, first of all, you, you've picked – iguanas, as you were saying earlier, I provided you with all these fantastic ideas and stories. I mean, honestly, as far as reptiles go, you do not get any more charismatic than, you know, iguanas. And – um I, for me, I I don't know if you're in particular are a fan of, of the rock iguanas, like the ones in your stories that you're talking about um, in the islands. I, I happen to have one, a Cuban iguana, as a pet, and um, they're fantastic. They really have a lot of personality. But what a lot of people don't realize are so many populations, especially those Cayman Island blues, um, are so critically endangered uh, because they are, you know, endemic to these little tiny islands and these little populations and you're doing a fantastic job of getting the word out to that because kids are our only hope for protecting these populations in the future exactly and and i've been helping with the iguana survey on cayman brack which has the sister island rock iguana who haven't been studied you know we started the first survey a few years ago and we're, we're losing iguanas every day, and, and we have to reach the kids if the population's going to survive. Absolutely. And what a fantastic opportunity for you to work with one of those little tiny populations we were mentioning. It is. It, it's fabulous. I, How, I really have, have you done it for more? Have you Pardon? done it a couple of times yet? Or yes, I have. 
Um, yeah, I, I started with the Shedd Aquarium going to the Bahamas. Okay. And then one of the women um, that I was on ship, she was my roommate on board the ship, lives on Cayman Brack. Oh, wow. And she has spearheaded the effort to come and study the Brack iguanas. I heard some really fantastic things about that Shed Aquarium program. That was the one that was open to the public, right, where you can come along on yes, a short yes. trip? Yeah, and yeah. Chuck Knapp would leave the tours, and um, wow. they're just fabulous trips. I highly recommend them. It sounds like definitely like one of those life-changing experiences when, when you yes, have... Yeah, I, I tell people I was going to the Bahamas, and they were thinking... You know, she's just going to sit on a beach, maybe do snorkeling. No, I'm I'm running over limestone karst in <laughs> jeans and long sleeve shirts through brush, trying to catch large lizards. You know, it's incredibly that is an harsh. ideal vacation. Yeah, it, it's incredibly harsh environment, isn't it? That they live it in. It is very dry. Yes. And, and wow, that's fantastic. I still have nightmares about limestone karst, but. <laughs> That's rough stuff, let me tell you. Yeah, I, I, I feel your pain, and the scars I hope will heal for you in time, both physically and emotionally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, wow, that's rough. Now, are you, Um, I, I saw on your webpage, are you from New Jersey originally? No, actually, I'm from Illinois originally. Okay. And, and I'm a research biologist for a pharmaceutical company. I see. And so I went to the bed breath, the breadbasket of the pharmaceutical industry, which was New Jersey at the time. And I ended up, by happenstance, establishing an iguana rescue. And I had 282 iguanas go through my house in 10 years. Wow. Incredible. My goodness. Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was on speed dial for for most of the animal rescues and police departments in the the tri-state area. Oh, wow. I bet you really got busy towards the fall when things started to cool down. <laughs> yes. Actually, um, usually around November, December, I would get the calls of come take the iguana, or we found an iguana left outside. And so I, usually wow. around uh, the first of the year, I'd have 26 iguanas in my house. Let me let me ask you your opinion as somebody who works with iguanas and knows the harsh realities, especially of keeping Green iguanas, which are very common in the pet trade, um, do yeah. you recommend them as pets at all? I mean, what's your stance well, on? For for the very few individuals who really want a large lizard, uh, who know that it will always be a wild animal and that you have to build its trust, is the only way you're going to socialize the animal. Uh, but there are certainly enough in the pet rescues now to take care of. Um, anybody who wants to adopt an iguana. Right. And it is a long-term commitment. It, it's 15 to 20 years. It's just like getting a dog. Um, but, you know, I, I would get so many that people just consider disposable pets, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's just wrong. I'd rather they do away with green iguanas in the pet trade uh, than what they're doing now. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely enough in in re- the rescue situations, and even still, oddly enough, you wouldn't believe it, but there are a few that are still being produced in captivity in the U.S. that um, they don't need to be imported. And that's, this is my personal opinion that they don't need to be imported into the U.S. No. anymore, um, especially in the numbers that they are in, because there's such a high mortality rate. And unfortunately, you get to see the the sad reality of what happens to a lot of them. But I mean, they are really. It is a privilege to have an iguana as a pet in a lot of different ways, just to even be able to share the space because they are so incredibly rewarding. But I think, like most other animals, you have to put in your time and commitment, and that includes space, diet, um, you know, and, and proper equipment, heating equipment and lighting equipment for them. Um, and if you can provide that, they definitely are rewarding. But I think there's very few people who understand what kind of a commitment that is and for what amount of time it entails. And, and how sharp their claws are. Oh, my goodness. You know, you know, I, it, it, I had lots of coworkers who thought a, a green iguana would be a good pet until they'd see my arm shredded. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. maybe they're not that good a pet. You know, I, I, I'm i torn. Like, I think they can be great, but I think you have to be prepared for things. Like, you know, when males reach sexual maturity or become in season and there's all of a sudden this personality change. Or, or like you said, even the claws, I mean, they can just 
be very, you know, just inoffensively offering, just wanting to climb up on you and will shred you in the process. I know a lot of people who keep iguanas are often slipped cards by therapists who think they're cutters and things of the sort. So. <laughs> exactly. I, I've had doctors look at me oddly. Um, but I, I show them it's the iguana. It's just how I know when their nails need to be trimmed. But, but our skin makes a very wimpy bark. It does, it does. <laughs> it's our uh, fault. Yeah, it is. We have to definitely get past that, hopefully in time to serve our iguana gods appropriately. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Well, I really look forward to your other titles. Um, I was just reading on your website a little earlier. Um, by the way, you guys have to go check out. It's ElaineAPowers.com if you want to find out more about Elaine's titles and some of the things that she's working on. But I love this idea behind Don't Call Me Turtle. Yes, I I rescued a tortoise, a red-foot tortoise, who came with the name Myrtle. And it, it just fit her personality. So I always introduced people to Myrtle, and they would say, oh, what a good-looking turtle. She's not a turtle. She's a tortoise, which would invariably lead to the question, what's the difference? So I finally reached the point of I have to write a book. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a book called Don't Call Me Pig that's very popular out here in Arizona, and it's about the javelinas. And I was sitting next to the author, and I said, do you mind if I steal your title and, and call my book Don't Call Me Turtle? And he said, no, go ahead. Well, unfortunately, I didn't realize the book was in rhyme, and it made me realize that, okay, I had to write Don't Call Me Turtle in rhyme which is a little more challenging than pig because how do you rhyme turtle and tortoise and carapace and plastron? But it, it came out very well. Um, I, I was very pleased. Uh, I had a lot of help from my critique group and my editors. And then um, I had a, lo a local man did the illustrations. But it uh, turned out very well, and everybody who's read it, um, including the adults, has said, oh, I learned something. So um, I, I'm very pleased, and uh, Myrtle's very happy about it, too. <laughs> yeah, you have done a really wonderful job on, on a, a media that can really entice people to learn more about these animals. You've, you've definitely captured the charisma of, of you know characters like, like Myrtle and Curtis and everybody, and, and I appreciate what you do as far as getting the education and the word out there. It's so important, and, and hooking those young readers and, and you know young herpers and reptile lovers in general as soon as we can is so important. So uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and and I have to thank the, the children who have read the books and appreciated them, because um, otherwise I'd be off writing murder mysteries, and I don't think I'd be nearly as successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're fantastic. Your books are definitely fantastic. And I also want to take a moment to thank um, Elizabeth Muley for, for um, taking the time out to show your, us your books and, and tell me all about you and introduce me to you and, and your books, because I, I really, truly love them, and, and so do my kids, which is, you know, it's near and dear to me now. It's an important thing. So, So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. All right, well, for more information, where can we find out about ordering the book and getting more of your titles? Well, they're all on Amazon.com, um, and you can also get them through Kindle if you prefer the electronic version. Um, some of them are on Smashwords um, as well, but Amazon has all of them. Um, and you can also go to my website, ElaineAPowers.com, and there are, I think there are links to some of the books as well. Yes, there are. Yep. There are indeed. Um, I'm happy will... to hear from people and talk to people and share my love of reptiles with them. Excellent. Because um, I, I, I am definitely going to be ordering the next few books in your series. Um, we're, we're huge fans here in the house. And, um, yeah, keep up the great work. I really appreciate it. And, and um, don't forget the Slenodon. <laughs> oh, I, I won't. <laughs> I'll edit it. <laughs> There we go. Excellent. And you can name him Danny, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Gonna, I'm going to let you go before I start telling you how to write your own books. Elaine, thank you so much for stopping by and telling us <laughs> about the books. Um, I look forward to the future's adventures of, of all of your characters, and, and thanks for coming on the show and telling us about it. Well, thank you. And, and you, too. I, I enjoy your show immensely. Excellent. Thanks. Have a great holiday. You, too. And see you next year. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.
This is Dominic Monaghan, and you're listening to Urban Jungle Radio. Urban Jungle Radio. Urban Jungle Radio. Urban, urban Jungle Jungle Radio. This is Dominic Monaghan, and you're listening to Urban Jungle Radio. Thanks for that, Dominic. Ah, Andy, another year has slipped by our webbed fingers. And, yeah, it went by and so fast, man. That's crazy. It really has. And and I'm looking back at all of our shows, and we've had another spectacular year here at UJR, Andy. Possibly the best. I, I, um, I'll second that notion. And uh, I think for me personally, I'm, I'm sure you've got your own reasons, me personally, is we did so much traveling this year. Uh, more than we've done ever before. And um, I think that has definitely helped us grow as, you know, people and uh, just helped our, our, our fan base because, you know, we've been doing this for six years and we don't often get a chance to, to speak to to our, our fans and, and, and friends live face-to-face. You know, they're usually listening to us when they download us or they happen to catch us live one, one day. But um, I, I think us being out in the, you know, quote-unquote, field, um, helps helps a lot, you know. They, they can actually see that we are, you know, real human beings, and you know, we are approachable. And, you know, we're a bit awkward at times, but we are approachable. And see how badass we are. <laughs> okay, Mister Humble. No, okay. You know what? I, I'm going to push humble aside in a rare moment, my character oh, and personality, and I'm going to say that I think, yeah, we. Just fucking rocked it this year. Like, everywhere we went, we had the best time. But not only did we have the best time, the people around us had the best time. I mean, we left how many events, even after now, after five years, Andy, did we leave events? Literally. And I'm going to go out, I'm going to check my manhood card here for a second and leave and tell everybody that how often do we leave events teary-eyed? Because we... we Every single one. Every single one, right? Because we bond so closely with so many people and we have, we develop friends and it's totally still, and this is why we do it. This is why we do Urban Jungles Radio because it still totally fucking floors me every time somebody comes up to us and like legit listens to the show and knows about us and like is like mm-hmm. genuinely happy to meet us. It's like, holy shit, you people really are listening. You know, it's a sombering yeah. movie. So, so it's it's fantastic, and and I, I, yeah, I agree. This year, reaching out to people has just been so wonderful, and so meeting everybody face to face. So many of our listeners and future listeners that we ended up hooking that learned about us along the way. It, it was really a spectacular experience, and I'm hoping that you know 2016 is is just half as good as this year was because it really was great. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know we we can only go up from here, man. We we really can. And, uh, you know, we say that every year, and every year we outdo ourselves. And uh, I can't be prouder and I can't be happier for what we've done. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's just kick back a little bit. Let's um, let the holiday season awash us, Andy. And and let's listen to Puddle's Pity Party. That's right. Let's listen listen to the soothing sounds of Puddle's Pity Party. <laughs> As he joins us for a holiday spectacular here at Urban Jungles Radio. Um yeah, let's play some puddles and when uh, let's listen to a quick song and then when we come back I wanna talk a little bit about some of the shows that we had this year because mm-hmm. I think you people don't realize there's so many goddamn good Urban Jungles radio episodes out there and if you haven't caught them, you're doing yourself an dis- injustice. What's the word, Andy? Disjustice. Disservice. Disservice. Disser- you're doing yourself a disservice. You're, thank you. You're doing yourself a disservice <laughs> if you've not heard every one of our episodes. So um, let's kick back with the soothing sounds of my favorite seven-foot-tall clown, and soon to be yours, Andy. <laughs> Puzzle's pity party. Let's uh, let's get Christmassy. Christmas time is here Happiness and cheer Fun for all that children call their fear 
If you don't know who Puddles... What, Andy? Hauntingly beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing rendition? Like, I know we're joking around just a little bit, but seriously, if if you don't know who Puddles Pity Party is, do yourself a favor. Look him up online. Um, He's a seven-foot-tall clown. Seven-two, I think he was. Is Seven-two. And uh, he's this massive clown with just this voice that is just unfreaking believable and he's a spectacular showman as well. Um highly entertaining. He doesn't say a word outside of just belting out these amazing songs. And uh he's just really fantastic and uh I've I've been lucky enough to see him live a few times uh and I know Andy's going to be having an amazing opportunity um in Can't a couple wait. weeks. Yeah, you're going to see him live with uh we're going to see him together live and um <clears throat> we've got like harassment seats. He's like one of these guys that interacts with the crowd. And uh, he totally is gonna just—I know he's gonna harass us. He's pretty much done. To I me think we need show. to. Uh, I think we need to wear uh, some uh, Pitbull t-shirts or something. Not the musician Pitbull, but like Pitbull t-shirts. Cause that's kind of his uh, his thing, right? He has a. You should get like this is with, my dog. Oh, I wonder if I have to get. Yeah, I'm gonna get one of those. Like this is my dog, made. Yes. And, like yes. I gotta get my dog like face painted like him, but he's kind of like douchey about that. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Who, him or your dogs? No, no, the dog. The dog. He doesn't like his face painted. I've tried. It's a long story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so do yourself a favor and and do learn more about puddles. And he's going to serenade us with a few more songs. But before that, um, talk about some of the episodes from this year, Andy. I'm looking over our titles, man. I mean, we kicked off the show. Um, with Jesus Rivera, who was talking about anacondas, because this was kind mm-hmm. of on the wake of the whole entire uh, being alive. followed alive, eaten alive. Remember that whole shit? Oh my God. Yo, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so um, we brought Jesus Rivera on, who is uh, he's like a pretty much a hardcore in situ environmental biologist who specializes in anacondas, and he was pretty cool and it was fun. It was good talking to him. Um, and then our follow-up show after that was uh, pretty spectacular because we welcomed back the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend, Mr. Marty Stauffer. And, uh, oh, man, Marty never disappoints. He's just... No, he uh, never does, man. And you know, nah, out, out of all the shows that we, we've done this, this past year, and uh, I'll even go so far as to say even last year, Marty has... has 
by far my, my favorite guest. Any show we've done with Marty's always been my favorite. He is. He's great. We got to have him back one more time at least before he gets completely tired of us. But um, he's he's great, and and he has like a whole entire like diatribe and like all of his cursing was so spectacular and has mm-hmm. to date is one of my favorite clips ever. Just oh yeah, absolutely ever. Here, like this is this is I'm gonna play it now just because it's appropriate now. But this is um this is this is Marty's uh, contribution to us, which I think is is. Easily the best contribution to you, JR. Yes, hands down. <laughs> this is a journey into sound. I'm Marty Stauffer, and you're listening to Urban Jungles Radio with Danny and Andy. Those motherfuckers think they know every fucking thing there is to know. <laughs> Urban Jungles Radio. Urban 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 Jungles Radio. All right, I'm gonna stop it because it keeps going for a bit. But um, yeah, that was Marty, and uh, I'm forever th- forever thankful for that. Yeah, because uh, it, it was. That has made my childhood dreams come true. <laughs> Strange, it's, it's gold, push, man. But... It's it's so much more valuable than gold for us. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then we talked to. Uh, oh, and then we were up in Canada yep. for one of our first. Not first. We were had hadn't ridden that rodeo a few times, but yeah. um. But this is the uh, the first um, CPE as well, I believe. Yeah, right? like one of the first big events that we hosted. Um, I am forever grateful to our Canadian sponsors, the Canadian Pet Expos, and uh, Fauna and everybody up there in the Crossmans for giving us a lot of opportunities this year to visit up in the Toronto area mostly. And mm-hmm. um, it's been pretty spectacular. We we really made this cool transition into becoming kind of the official MCs of the Canadian Pet Expos and hosting the events. And uh, we've been very fortunate that... Uh, you know, we have so many wonderful people up there, so many listeners and friends and family. Um, and it's all, you know, because of the Canadian Pet Expos. So I want to thank them for yeah. all of their work. And I look forward to doing absolutely, some cool things absolutely. in Canada. This, Canada's going to kick ass in 2016, man. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. You know, I I love going up there. It's just, you know, for, for multiple reasons. But I, I think the number one reason is it's our international home away from home at this point. For me, it's poutine. I'm trying to be, you know, overall, but <laughs> I'm I'll, I'll, I'll say poutine is number two. Poutine. <laughs> I love me some poutine. You know what, man? I, I think 2016 is going to be the year of the poutine for us here. I mean, I think we need to do like a, a, a mobile poutine truck here in the in the metro area. You do a song like amongst the food trucks, the poutine for two trucks, like yeah, 2016, the year of poutine. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You're listening to it live now. You're kind of working it through. Uh, Speaking of poutine and rich, satisfying curds and gravy, um, Robin Markland hung out with us for a little while (laughs) in studio. (laughs) I'm not sure Robin would appreciate that segue. (laughs) That's okay. He doesn't listen. Um, (laughs) He he hung out with us uh, in studio, and and that was pretty cool to have him uh, sitting here on the couch of awesomeness Mm -hmm. and... I'm kind of talking about the good times. And <laughs> I love Robin. I don't harass him nearly enough anymore. He's gotten all busy. And it's oh, like, yeah. He's above us now. We're just, just you wait. Just you he's wait, Robin. He's a mover. He's a mover and a shaker. We love his skateboarding. Maybe he's going to need to shake a lot more, I think. <laughs> you know how these skater guys are. <laughs> he's, a, he's a BMX guy. BMX. I know. He can smell when they call him a skater guy. <laughs> 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 Wasn't the uh, back... Avril Lavigne song Skater Boy about him? Yeah, it was. I mean, go back to your skateboards. <laughs> 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 and then we had um, author Nikki Mustaki, who I, I was actually talking to this evening. She's interested in talking to Elaine because she's working on something with children's books. So um, it was really nice to have Nikki on the show. She's an animal expert and she's an editor for a lot of um, pet industry books and. A lot of fun to talk to. She's a pretty cool chick. And um, it was good. It was good to talk to her. 
And uh, and then, of course, we dove into the politics, Andy. We dove into the politics of the reptile trade and reptile world, and we uh, had, we talked. We brought you things like the giant constrictor ban that came into effect, and all of the changes and the animals that were added to the Lacey Act, and all that good stuff. So we just, you know, it was nice. We kept that mix of entertainment and and hard hitting topics to be covered. Hmm. Those, those, I hate to say, it, those shows are always kind of like the most upsetting, or one of the most upsetting ones for for me personally, because you know, it, it, there's always so much negativity that that surrounds it, and, and so much fighting, and and yeah, you know, we're fighting for our, our you know our ability to to keep these animals, but at the same time, and you know, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot with with uh, by you know putting it out there that you know I handled the you know. Timber rattlesnake, all right. I did this, I did that, and it just it, it, we just kill ourselves, man. We just kill ourselves. And it's always so depressing. It, it takes me a couple of days to come back from shows like that, unfortunately. It does, but it's important that everybody hears these things because oh, absolutely. They, absolutely. they need to be heard. Yeah. And speaking of hearing, Andy. What? What do you That's think a, about that's an interesting take on that. 
What did you did you not not like it? Hmm. No, it's okay. You could say he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just I'm in general I'm not a fan of that song, so it's it's oh, it's yeah. difficult it's difficult to uh, to say whether I like it or not because any any rendition of that song is is not a good one as far as I'm concerned. What about little drummer I don't like boy? the song? What about little little What's drummer that? boy? What about little drummer boy? Uh, that that song's even worse. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What other songs do you not like? First Christmas ones. Those are. I think those are the two that I don't like. You really, you really fucking up my Christmas vibe. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, because I'm sure the drummer boys up next, isn't it? You're starting to rank up there with that fucking elf on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem, here's the problem that you have to put up with me for all year. The Elf on the Shelf is only for like 31 days. It's Andy on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's a new thing for 2016. Andy on the couch. Andy on the couch. You're going to put, put you in different poses. I, th- I think for next year we should do that. Like every episode you have to have like some kind of new pose or theme or something along those lines. And then at the end of the year we'll review like what you've done. Okay. Put the, All right. Put together. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. So moving on to our episode. Um, in March of last year. Now think about it, Andy. March. Okay, it's what like nine months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, nine months ago, we could easily have subjected ourselves to the love child of Neville Burns been birthing it right now because that's who we met for the first time in March before. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that was actually, no, we, we had him on the show after or did we? Yes. No. After NARBC, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. NARBC is where we first met him, right? Yes. Yeah. And then it's great because Neville has just been one of our most favorite people, at least one of my most favorite people of the year um, that we've met this year. He's he's just such a fantastic guy, and he's such a down to earth, like truly, truly wonderful, wonderful um, human being. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been lucky enough to get to know him on a personal level. Aside from the fact that he is the original Crocodile Dundee, he's the inspiration mm-hmm. for the man. Is like just he's awesome. He catches all kinds of the world's most venomous creatures, and he just hangs on to crocs and wrestles them and. Just does a lot of cool stuff. Um, and, you know, it's pretty cool. Like, that aside, we haven't even really seen him in action, Andy, but just hanging no. with him, he's he's really gained my respect. He's just a really wonderful individual, and he's got yeah. the most fan-freaking-tastic stories in the world. For days. For um, days he's got and stories. It's not, it's not and and like they're never boring. Like, it, it, well, he, he doesn't even give you a story. He gives you, like, an experience, you know? It's like, it's like more than just a story. <laughs> it's like you feel it. You know, almost like it, you were there. It marks you for life. Yeah. <laughs> Neville Burns marks yeah. you for life. <laughs> um, always good to hang with Neville, and uh, we got to see him, and I'm very happy for that. And um, yeah, just another huge plus here at UJR. And uh, uh, you know, that was uh, that was the first time we uh, we brought uh, our associate producer uh, Gacy to the to the public eye as well. Don't forget that. Right. Oh my goodness. That was a very monumental really? for for us. That's what an amazing moment. That's right. Thanks for bringing that up. We we brought Gacy out of the UJR studio closet and um, <laughs> put him out there for the yeah. world to see. And the world loved him. Yes, and they did. He is is a perennial favorite for our jungle junkies and especially in the Chicago area appearances. And I'm hoping that he's going to visit with us. Uh, we got to try to get him up into Canada this year. I'd like to see Gacy meet our Canadian folk. I think he'd have a yeah. really good time. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a polite chap, and, and every Canadian that we've met up there has been very polite. This is true. This is true. And um, another huge highlight soon for that, close to that era. I mean, this is just still April we're talking about, but um, in April we had, of course... Rattlefest. Um we had, we had two huge things, man. We had we had uh, the you know what we when we mentioned Canada before, that was actually at a different location. That was a Downsview location. The That's right. April, then we had the Canadian Reptile Beaters. That was C R B E, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing. 
And we had um, back-to-back massive, back-to-back massive weekends with uh, CRBE and CRPE, and then the uh, following weekend was the Texas Rattlesnake Festival. That's was right. Huge for us. That one was so huge for us. A huge event. Thanks to um, our, our good friends, we were able to uh, sit down and have a really groundbreaking conversation yep. with essentially the poster boy for Rattlesnake Roundups, the mm-hmm. man himself, Jackie Bibby. Um, he's come on our show twice now, but the first time we talked to him was over at the Rattlesnake Festival where he showed up and you know, showed up with a white flag and was open to talking and he talked. And it was fascinating, you know, it was fascinating because then... Um, all the events that followed kind of ended up marring the event, which is sad, but um, we, we really broke some major ground having Jackie Bibby Absolutely. on. And then, Absolutely. Uh, and our, uh, our our brother from another mother, uh, you know, Kelly Hill, facilitated that, which was, which was huge for us, man. Huge. Kelly Hill came through in a big way. He was the man. He facilitated. Yep. He made Jackie feel comfortable and introduced him to us. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we've been, we are, and we will be working together to try to uh, even the playing field for rattlesnakes, especially when it comes to roundups these days. So um, yes. it, was, it was a big move. It was a big move. And too it bad. all starts with one step, man. It all starts yeah. with one step. And too bad Jim Harrison had to be a douche. But anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. Um, then, of course, we had Sean Halfleck back on the show. We got a lot of Sean, and Sean's always good for, for a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, uh, because we, we just tell him, you know, just, Here's topic A, and he just goes on with it for an hour and a half, and we don't have to yeah, do anything. It, yeah, it's pretty much like autopilot. Like I just put him on and turn it off, and then I go and like make a pizza. <laughs> 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 then uh, we caught up, you know, which was another cool episode back in June uh, when we had um, the interview with a popo and uh, the yes. popo. A spokesperson. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a favorite one of mine from last year. Man. Yeah, man, that was awesome. That was really cool. We did that in the backseat of your car, Andy. <laughs> we yeah, we did. Backseat we did of my in the car. Backseat, of backseat. Of, I should have opened up with LL's backseat of your Jeep. That's when an episode. <laughs> yeah, um, that, was, that was an interesting one, man. It was, it was it was good. You know, we uh we were able to meet up with um with the the face for a popo and. Uh, you know, take him on a little vehicular tour of Manhattan while interviewing him, which was neat. We did. That was a lot of fun. That was definitely a good time, and it was a good video. So if you haven't checked it out, go to our YouTube channel and either search Urban Jungles or Danny Mendez, and it'll pop up. And you can see mm-hmm. the interview as it went down, driving through Manhattan in the backseat of Andy's car. Andy was nice And you can to see how her. good of a driver I am. You can. We Despite what Andy, what Danny says. <laughs> He's <laughs> such a baby. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I am. When it comes to certain things, I, I am. am. I still love you, Andy. <laughs> I, I love you too, my friend. <laughs> and uh, who else? Oh, speaking of love, we had, of course, the fabulous, amazing Emma Locke come on the show multiple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Um, she came yeah. on the show to talk to us about foxes, foxes and the controversy of foxes in the city. She's obsessed and, with foxes, man. She loves <laughs> <Those> foxes, <laughs> Even in those boxes, man. What, what can you do? You just you go with it. You, go. you know what? Foxes are, are pretty badass animals. I will say that. And so is Emma Locke. Yes, yeah, she's a badass animal in her own right, yes. But I'm biased because she's my girlfriend and I love her. Okay, moving on. Oh, my God. Are you listening to this, people? This is fucking ridiculous. Anyway, so, yeah, so it was good to have Emma back on it and yeah. just Things move along that way. And um, what else? Who else do we have? Uh, Jackie Bibby came on. Um, well, then after, after that, we, we had some uh, we had some some pretty wild uh, touring. After yeah, that, we man. had huge gaps in, in, in our shows because of our touring schedule in which we were traveling everywhere, you know. And it was fantastic. We just had some really fantastic experiences. And it was good. But, you know... It, after touring the entire world this year, more so than anywhere else, both for UJR and myself personally, like just being everywhere, mainly because of UJR, um, it was an amazing experience. But when it all comes down to it, at the very end of the day, nothing compares to coming home. Yes.
Danny, did I forget anything? Nope. Just all of the wonderful, wonderful people who've come on our show and supported us. Um, I want to thank you, Andy. I want to thank everyone else who's contributed to UJR at the shows. Um, Gacy, Fritz, Gallo, um, all of our Canadian crew, all of our, everybody who takes care of us up there as we're going around, all of the Florida people, all the amazing people we met at Crockfest just recently and got to see again after a long time. Um, of course, our family for the Rattlesnake Festival, Don and Bonnie, mm-hmm. Kelly, and all of that crew. Um, Jesus, who else? I mean, so many people really touched us this year, and if it wasn't for you guys, um, we wouldn't be who we are, that's for sure. Yep. Definitely. It uh, definitely has made an impact on me personally. And, you know, I, I want to personally thank you from from, bottom, from the bottom of my heart, my friend. Um, you've shown me a world that uh, I would have never, never been able to, to, to see on my own, only just read about in books or seen on TV or, you know, been able to stalk people on Facebook and, and Instagram and just, you know, seeing all these beautiful images. And I've been able to see these images for myself and I, I can't thank you enough for, for allowing me to uh, to hitchhike with you on this journey of ours well it's my pleasure and buckle up motherfucker we got a whole other year ahead of us <laughs> buckle up dude I'm fucking driving this van into hell let's go <laughs> good because if I drive we'll never get there thank you no, guys no we'll never I get there <laughs> I love you guys all. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, we love you guys. we'll see you next year, man. Everybody be safe. Enjoy your family. Love your loves. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Do do what makes you happy in life because it's, it's a short trip, man. And before you know it, it's going to be over. And, and most importantly, our, 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 our core value, our motto, our creed, just no matter what it is you're doing, have, have fun. Have a really good time. Thanks, yep. everybody. Love you guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Love you gals. See you next year. All right, guys. Be good.